It's difficult to imagine that hardship could be something good. But that's what we're going to be talking about today on the Dorenda Wilson podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, and a simple and mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. You can find all three of those books on Amazon. You can also find them at my website, DorindaWilson.com, and you can find The uh, the Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. If you're interested in a devotional that I wrote specifically to accompany the four-hour school day, all you have to do is hit the link in the show notes to sign up for my uh, monthly email newsletter. And quite frankly, I'm lucky if I get it out once a month. So I'm not going to be blasting out your uh, inbox by any stretch of the imagination, but I'd love for you to be able to get a hold of that free devotional to go with the four-hour school day. Also, I have a mentoring course that I um, produced about four or five years ago, and it is on how to take a simple, unhurried approach to homeschooling ages kindergarten to 12th grade. So I cover the whole gamut, and it's just a way for me to help unburden any unnecessary burdens that you might be carrying when it comes to homeschooling and hopefully hone in on um, a, a plan that works for you that is actually doable. I also uh, will leave a link in the show notes that you can get to that really quickly if you'd like to check it out. Lastly, please leave a rating or review because uh, you know as you do that, as more moms do that, the platforms push the podcast in front of moms who've never seen it before. And the goal is that more moms would be encouraged. So if you could take a minute and do that, I would really appreciate that. And I want to share with you one of my favorite math resources. So one of uh, my listeners sent me a testimonial about CTC math, and I want to read it to you. She said, I took a leap of faith and tried CTC math for the kids. I heard you talk about it on your super helpful and wonderful podcast. Thank you for that. She went on to say, our lives are so much better with this incredible program. My kids beg to do their math lessons first, and it has freed me up to work with the other kids more intentionally because I'm not struggling to teach concepts to frustrated children. It is a wonder. I was planning to pay for a math tutor to help, and now I don't have to search for one. Thank you. I've already told all my homeschool mom friends. So moms, if you're interested, please check out CTC Math at ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. They also have a free trial subscription, which is always my favorite because I like to really see more thoroughly what is in a curriculum before I decide to go ahead and purchase it for my family. So I hope you'll check that out at ctcmath.com and I will leave a link in the show notes. So I'm really excited today. I have Abby Halberstadt back on the podcast. She was on the show a while back and we were talking about rebelling against mediocre motherhood. She is from M is for Mama. You've probably heard of it if you've been on Instagram even a little bit. But today, Abby is back to talk about her new book, Hard Isn't the Same Thing as Bad. Now, if you have no idea who she is, I want to give you a really quick background. She is a happy wife homeschooling mama to 10 rad kids, best-selling author, blogger, fitness instructor, and reigning family nerds champion. I don't know what that is. You'll have to explain that to me in a minute. (laughs) But most importantly, she's a Bible-believing Christian who desires to know God and make him known. She lives by the motto, hard is not the same thing as bad, and loves encouraging women to dig deep in the everyday trials of motherhood for the treasures of joy and growth that are there in abundance if we're only willing to look. She, her husband, Sean, and their double handful of children live in the piney woods of East Texas. Welcome, Abby. I'm so glad to have you back today. Thanks, Dorinda. I'm glad to be here. Okay. First, you have to tell me what a NERTS champion is. (laughs) And you know what? I need to to update my bio because my kids are getting so good that they regularly beat me. It is an exceed solitaire, only not solitaire with a group. So if you, have you ever heard of Dutch Blitz? Yes. Okay, so it's Dutch Blitz with regular playing cards and a couple of different tweaks to the rules, but it's basically okay. the same thing. Okay. Super okay. fast, super furious, super fun. And you're and you just simply are no longer the champion. 
I am not as consistent. I still win a lot, but I used to, I used to destroy everyone, and now my teenagers are starting to creep up on my title. You know, that's a good thing, though. Right? It is. It is. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into this topic because um, I have been reading through your book and loving it and underlining all kinds of things that uh, I hopefully will have some time to share as well today. But I want to start by asking just a really simple question. How did the phrase hard is not the same thing as bad come into your life? So I was walking with my best friend, Lindsay, who does the illustrations in that book. And mm. we were walking on this trail that we have walked, I don't even know how many hundreds of miles on because it's right beside the gym that I used to teach at. The gym is closed down now, so we're not there anymore. And we mourn the loss of that trail. <laughs> but um, for years, the childcare at the gym would allow us to walk this trail because it was right beside the gym as long as they had our numbers. And we could, I would have like, you know, the smallest babies with me, or maybe I was in between babies and all of them were at the, the childcare and we would walk for like an hour as often as we could. It was kind of mm -hmm. our therapy slash sanity. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember it was when Evie and Nola were toddlers. And if you read the intro to the book, then you know that mm -hmm. that kind of is the impetus for where the Lord just really smacked me in the forehead, the hardest with this concept. Not that I mm -hmm. hadn't had the concept in my brain before, but right. Something that he just really entrenched in my heart as, mm -hmm. as something to keep in mind as I mothered on a daily basis. And I was telling Lindsay about all of these DMs that I was getting, and this is 10 years ago, mm. or hmm, maybe more like eight, but eight-ish years ago. And of all these mamas that were telling me all the hard things in their life, and they wanted me as a mother of at that point six, mm -hmm. who must know how to kind of do the workaround for these things to let them know how to avoid the hard. Mm -hmm. And as we're walking, as I'm coming out of this season, because this is probably more like when the twin girls are four and they were kind of regaining their equilibrium a little bit. Right, right. Um, and I was telling Lindsay, I'm like, the thing is, I would not be who I am if I hadn't gone through that. It was mm -hmm. ridiculously hard. And I don't mean because I'm so great, but I mean, I would not have had some of the growth that I've seen that the Lord has been right. bringing into my life if I had not walked through that. And it wasn't that I, I mean, I talk in my first book about my firstborn and his potty training issues and how it was, you know, I didn't see a happy child six out of seven days of the week for a mm -hmm. year, for a mm -hmm. full year. It wasn't that I had never been screamed at before. It wasn't that I hadn't gone through those periods where you're like, I mean, if, if we're just going to be completely frank and you're a mother of eight, so I think you're going to nod along. I don't like this kid very much right now. Right, My emotions right. say, I'm so frustrated with you that the I love you, but the like is not strong right now. Right, right. Like every time they walk in the room, you just have this sinking feeling. You're a little bit tense. You're mm -hmm. a little bit tense. You're like, when is the next, you know, meltdown happening? When is right. the next blow up happening? Well, Evie and Nola took it to the next level because there were two of them doing it at once all the time. And I had a baby and I had three other children. So it was just a pressure cooker situation to be mm -hmm. completely honest. But as the Lord brought me out of it and as he, as he kind of whispered in my ear, the thing that I say at the beginning of this book is what part of my sacrifice for you is easy. Mm -hmm. and yet look what good has come of it. And it was like, mm -hmm. Oh, good grief. You know, like, <laughs> thanks Lord. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for putting it that way. Now I have no example in my life of hard ever that could ever measure up to that, that could ever even like mm -hmm. touch it. And so as I was learning this hard lesson, learning this challenging lesson and hearing all these moms wanting the quick fixes and the workarounds and saying things, <laughs> you're going to giggle, saying things like, we have worked on this for three straight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> what, are, what are you expecting weeks. after three weeks? And I'm not mocking moms, please. If you hear me, don't, right. don't hear me laughing at you. Three straight weeks of, of really hard is, is hard. It's it's, it's a lot. genuinely challenging. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. It wears on you. I think the mm -hmm. three mark is where you just want to throw in the towel. Right. But the thing that made me giggle was thinking, we have a lifetime of this to go. Right. Like we can't stop at three weeks. We are called yeah. not to grow weary of doing good for in the proper mm -hmm. time. And God's the one that gets to decide when the proper time is. Mm -hmm. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I use that verse all the time. It's not about motherhood, but it sure sounds like it is, you know? It does, yeah. So sure. when I was walking with Lindsay on this trail, I was kind of unburdening myself of a whole list of DMs that were getting to me because I'm like, Lindsay, I don't have the perfect answer to these moms. They don't want to hear persevere 
because perseverance produces character and character produces hope. They want to hear, here's your solution. And Mm -hmm. that's not how life works. And that's not how motherhood works. I know what they're going through is hard, but the thing is hard is not always the same thing as bad. And I kind of just stopped and looked Mm -hmm. at her and Lindsay said, well, tell them that. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's what they need to hear. They need to hear that this is working for their good and for God's glory. They need to hear that there is a purpose in this. They need to hear that this was refining them. And that is a good thing, even though it doesn't feel good, you know? And so I, I just got goosebumps now, just remembering that moment of this kind of light bulb clicking when Lindsay said, we'll tell them that. And it is what I have been saying for almost 10 years now. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. some people want to hear it. Some people don't, but I still feel like it's, I mean, my husband always says, listen, this is not a motherhood message. Right. This is a life message. Mm-hmm. So go ahead with the rest of your questions. But I do want to say at the very beginning, because people are always like, wait a minute. So all hard things are good. No, that's not what the phrase hard is not the same thing as bad means. What I'm talking to is the mindset that says, if it's challenging, if it's hard, if it's difficult, if it feels bad, then it must be bad all the time. Right. No exception. Right. Instead, we can say some of these things actually have great merit. Let's Mm -hmm. find the ones that are actually teaching us something and tackle those in God's strength instead of just running from them. Mm -hmm. And and that's what we see a lot in our culture when it comes to motherhood. There's a lot of, um, uh, I guess you would call it victim mentality, martyrdom. Mm. And it is so easy to go down that road, even even with our sense of humor. Um, I remember, you know, back in the day before, before the internet, um, and, and I had, you know, several small kids and I just remember just having this really strong conviction that I needed to keep my words positive when, when I was anything to do with motherhood, anything to do with my children, um, especially when they were there, but also when they weren't there, like just to have a general, attitude of motherhood is a blessing. Motherhood is a good thing. And yeah, some of these things are hard about motherhood, but I wouldn't change, you know, my, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Like this is what I want to be doing. And, and to convey that message in how I acted towards and around my children at home and in front of other people. And then also what I said, you know, the way that, because so many people have that Like, for instance, you go into the grocery store, you got all these kids in tow and somebody walks up to you, looks you up and down, looks at all your kids and goes, well, better you than me. Yeah. And I look at them and I say, you're absolutely right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they just look at me like I was crazy, but I meant it. Like if that is your attitude about motherhood, about having children, you shouldn't have any. Like, don't. Please don't. And it is better that I, who have bad days and get frustrated, but still recognize this as a good thing and the one doing it. I mean, that is, it's true. It is better that I, the one who have been tasked to do this, am the one doing it. (laughs) So you took, so I took, I think felt like I took something negative and made it positive. Well, look at that. This is, you're absolutely right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is, it is, uh, so tempting. In fact, let's just talk about that for a minute. Um, I think that one of the things you touched on that was so good, let me uh, find the page here, um, when you talked about uh, victim, uh, martyrdom, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to just read this one paragraph. It said, our children are not something bad or unpleasant we are being subjected to, to borrow from the above definition of suffering, which you had given previously. Um, and then you went on to say, yet when we view dealing with their more challenging traits as suffering rather than as a hard but good opportunity to grow in Christlikeness, we gravitate toward a motherhood of martyrdom, an attitude sure to bleed into the way we treat our families. And so maybe talk about that for just a second, the difference between, I think there was a, you, you talked about the difference between suffering, hard things are not always suffering. So suffering yeah. is hard but not all hardship is suffering. So can you kind of explain that a little bit? Yeah, I think that when someone reads a book or title that says hard is not the same thing as bad, one, if they're going through something extremely hard, they're going to prickle because they're going to be like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, how dare you tell me what I'm going through is is good thing. You know, like Mm -hmm. you don't know my circumstances. But again, I think 
that I was very, very, very intentional about exactly even the prepositions that I included in that in that title, because I meant do not automatically equate. Right. Let's not Mm -hmm. automatically go hard equals bad. No, actually, it could mean something different. So then let's break it down a little further. Is this book primarily about people who have cancer? Is this book primarily about someone who is in a horribly abusive relationship? Is this book primarily about someone who has been in a concentration camp? It actually isn't. I think the Lord and Corey Ten Boom is a perfect example of this and can still use horrifically awful, sinful things that people did to us for Mm -hmm. his glory and for our good. Mm -hmm. But this book is primarily about the things that we put in the category of suffering, which are in fact things that we need to grow in. Exactly. Learn how to cope with and gain new skills for. And when we lump them in with uh, persecution, suffering, being a victim of someone else's, you know, whatever, right. They're missing a nap or their selfishness <laughs> or their teenager right. or their whatever. Like we just put things in stages. I see that mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Toddler stage is the worst. Preteens right. are the worst. Teens are the worst. You know, eight-year-olds are so whiny. I, I, you know, you could just, you could just go on forever, you know, and you might, I don't ever like the phrase the worst because I don't think it's accurate or helpful, but you might be right about some of the more challenging aspects of certain phases, but by lumping it all together and saying, let's just throw it all in the garbage and say, let's make it through or survive or mm-hmm. cover our ears and say, la, 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 and hope they go away and leave us alone and let us eat Oreos and drink wine, you know, then then we miss so many opportunities mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. actually get the truths that the Lord is teaching us. And, and if I'm being completely honest and the part that we don't want to hear and the part that I wanted to hear, I don't want to hear to, to actually look a little bit honestly at some of the layers he's peeling back to show us some of the ways that we are making the harm worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he is, he, he peels, he's peeling back layers as we walk through motherhood it's that sanctification process that we talk about all the time from glory to glory. And, and the thing is, the thing I want to encourage moms is in is that, that these things, as you walk through them and as you grow through them, they're not just for that moment. Okay. Mm. So understand that, you know, the scripture talks about, you know, how, um, these light and momentary afflictions. Right. I mean, and he was talking about very serious persecution in yeah. that, how much more so even in, in our everyday life as moms, these light and momentary afflictions are nothing compared to the, basically the eternal glory that we're going to experience. So yes. when you think of that, while you're sitting there in the very difficult situation and, and, and in the hard, and you're saying, okay, wait a minute, so this is a light. It feels so heavy, feels so mm-hmm. like impossible, but this is actually light compared to what I'm going to experience someday in glory. Which is, which is such an important to mo- point to make because you could have ended that sentence with compared to what Corey Timbu went through, compared right. to what my neighbor is going through. And that's actually not what the Lord does. Mm-mm. He doesn't require us to do a horizontal comparison Right. And say, my heart doesn't measure up to her, so I should just shut up and not talk to the Lord about it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but he does say, compared to the eternal weight of glory, and I, I use that verse in the book, and I mm-hmm. talk about how it is so offensive to people that don't have the eyes of the Holy Spirit, telling them that light and momentary affliction is actually a good thing. It's not mm-hmm. an insult to what they're going right. through. Right. Like it's actually hopeful. It's not, it's not mitigating or downplaying your Mm-mm. hardship. Mm-mm. It's actually saying this in the comparison of eternity while hard now will mm-hmm. not last forever. It will not define you. That's hopeful. That's not mm-hmm. Absolutely. My, my grandma used to always say this too shall pass. Yeah, said that all the time, and yeah. I thought, wow. I, I actually talked to someone, a waitress at a at a restaurant. We had just a really great conversation with her, um, an older woman, and she's probably oh gosh, mid to late fifties. But she was, she was, uh, just basically saying we were talking about something in the in the area that had 
had happened that wasn't good in the community or whatever. And, and she said, I always say, you know, just give it a minute. (laughs) And I thought, you know, she's so right. That's such a, um, (laughs) such a wonderful perspective to have to realize, okay, we're going to get through this. Um, and, and then of course, we're going to ask the Lord for wisdom. Like, what does this look like to do this in a way that glorifies and honors you, that allows us to become more like Christ. And, and you ended that little section that I just read from with this, and I love it. And it, it's from the Emma's for Mama book, but you said the ultimate issue with our mothering struggles is not our bad days or our hormones, but instead our inability to be anything other than mediocre without Christ. Mm. And so I hear humility there. That's what I hear is humility. Like motherhood <laughs> is humbling. And what does the scripture say? It's it, he, God encourages us to take on an attitude of humility. And what better place to do that than in motherhood? We have all kinds of opportunities day in and day out. Um, the other day, one of our elders was teaching and he said, you know how to become humble the way that you become humble? You become humble by doing humble things. Yeah. Yeah. Like cleaning up bar, right? Bottom, <laughs> wiping the bottom, wiping a nose, cleaning up yes. puke. Getting up in the middle of the night, feeding a baby. Those are all the things that we are told by society anybody could do. So why would you lower yourself to the level of basically being a maid and a nanny? You know Exactly. And yet what does the scripture say? It says all kinds of wonderful things about about humility. It says in first Peter five, humble yourselves then under God's mighty hand so that he will lift you up in his own good time. Mm -hmm. Leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. I mean Okay. And it does, it takes humility to go to the Lord and say, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like yeah. I, I need your help. I've had this experience so frequently with our son who was diagnosed with autism last year. And I mean, I knew he was on the spectrum, but we were running into some really big things that I just didn't, just had no idea. And it was just a continual, you know, where motherhood before was really quite intuitive in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not hardly at all in this way, in this particular circumstance, it was very, very different. Everything just got turned on its head. And so it was just this constant, Lord, what do I do? Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, you created him. You put him together. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. So we're going back to scripture, speaking what's true over our children. You know, he is fearfully and wonderfully made. You have hardwired him a very specific way with giftings. And yes, he has some limitations. How can we move him towards getting to a place where those limitations aren't affecting his life as much as they are right now? And just, you know, but it's, it's that whole thing that David talks about, like pouring out our souls before the Lord and asking him for wisdom. Yeah, because I think I think something that I really never ever and I I strove to make sure that I made this clear in the book, but this is not about emotional bottling. <laughs> it's not about painting a Pollyanna rainbow on top of really hard circumstances. It's not about downplaying. It's not about um, oh faking it till we make it. Right. Right. It is about what you're talking about laying our souls bare before the Lord and saying, I don't have this. My, my most tangible, literal example of this, I talked about in my podcast on my birth stories was when I had my seventh baby honor and it was a very different birth. It started out the same as all of mine do very slow, very hiccupy, very stop, start, very frustrating, but my water Mm -hmm. had broken. And that was the first time that my water had broken before labor even started. Mm -hmm. And so when the contractions did come, even though they were frustratingly erratic, they were much more painful. And I was a little fearful because I was like, I've already done natural labor so many times. I know I can do this, but, but this is different. And so it's the only water birth I've been ever been able to have because usually I get in the water and it slows everything down and I have to get out because my body stops contracting, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, this time my body went into freight train mode and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. I couldn't, I remember my husband pulling me out of the water because I kept burying myself down to my nose. And I think he thought I was trying to drown myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but I couldn't even, I just remember like waving my hands at him, like, please stop because I can't speak. Mm-hmm. And the only thought I remember actually being able to form was Lord, 
I can't do another one of these. You're going to have to do the next one. That's because I can't. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's such a a literal, like raw, like visceral example of what I'm talking about when I say giving it to the Lord, because I know a lot of people here giving it to the Lord. They're like, what what does that actually look like? Right, right. What would that mean? Let me give you some more examples. Walking into your pantry, closing the door and saying, Lord, I don't have kind words. You're going to have to give me kind words. Please give me kind words. Taking deep breaths, uh, taking a bite of dark chocolate, whatever, you know, (laughs) like um, turning on music and blasting it right in the middle of math, even though it's not a convenient time to do it because you need to listen to worship music right that second. Like we have tangible things at our fingertips that sometimes I think we view as too lowly. They're not spiritual enough, you know, right. Right. The word is given. The Bible says that God's spirit has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And sometimes that looks like going on a walk. Sometimes that looks like putting our feet in the grass. Sometimes that looks like drinking some orange juice or our blood sugar will go. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, eating some protein. I don't think that the Lord ever despises those really practical things that we need to do to get ourselves back in a better headspace to be able to mother mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can't say, if I don't have those things, <laughs> right. I'm entitled to fall apart. You know? Because you you may find yourself in a situation where you don't have access to those things. Exactly. You don't have a way out. And that's where you kind of fall back on, okay, God is sovereign over our lives. He's sovereign yes. over the circumstances that yes. he allows us to be in. So God, what are you doing here? Like, give me eyes to see what you're doing so that I can cooperate with what it is you're doing, you know, Um, because sometimes it's just, we're not seeing it, you know, and I was perfect point to make. Yes. And and like, even with our kids, you know, like God, give me eyes to see this child that when he walks into the room, I cringe. Would you give me eyes to see him the way that you do? Yeah. What am I, am I missing something? Is yeah. there something that, you know, and so we're, we're going to the Lord and we're, we're basically what we're doing is what it says in, in Proverbs, which is to acknowledge him in all of our ways Yes, and he will direct our path. And he goes on to say, do not be wise in our own eyes. So you talk about these tools. These can be great things that are from the Lord. He's saying here, use this, use this, use this. But then there's that a, can be a point at which we're only turning to those things. Yeah. And not turning to the Lord and not remembering that he is worthy of our trust, that he's our refuge. And that verse that I was referring to is Psalm 62, 8. It says, I trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And so um, I remember just thinking, because, you know, again, I was I had the privilege of parenting before the internet um, that came about halfway through my parenting years. But um, like the first 10 years, I didn't have that. So, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like this really cool thing that I would encourage a lot of moms and any mom out there who, who, who might find this interesting to do. I just looked at my days and went, okay, Lord, it's you and me and the kids. Cause you know, usually my husband was working. So he was mm-hmm. out of the picture for, for those certain amount of hours every day. And so, um, it's us. It's just, it's us. So, okay, Lord, how do you want me to do this? And kind of, um, there are certain points when I was getting too emotionally wrapped up in my kids' misbehavior and (laughs) sin and things like that, that I would have to say, all right, Lord, I need some perspective. And I would step back and go, okay, I used to be a nanny. I remember I used to go to the parent and I would say, okay, I'm having trouble with your child in this area. What would you like me to do? So I started doing that with, with my own kids, with the Lord. I would say, Lord, you know, you're, you're their first and, and be- best and, you know, father, you created them and all of that. So, so, um, I'm having this trouble with this kid. Can you tell me, what do you want me to do with your kid? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that helps so much. So all these little things that we can learn along the way that, you know, as we're learning them again, going back to what we were talking about before, we, this isn't just for now. Um, it is for eternity, but it's also for the in-between. So here I am. Um, I'm past those years of all that busy mothering. Um, I didn't think they were ever going to be over because I thought I'm just going to be doing this forever. And that's, and I was perfectly happy with that. Like, I'm just going to do this forever. And I didn't think about the years when the kids had left and most of them have left. I've got a couple left at home, but they're older. And now I find myself implementing the things that I learned in motherhood in this season of life 
to help navigate the challenges I have in this season. Mm. So, you know, God doesn't waste anything. You know, all those things are going to equip you for, you know, to help you navigate things down the road, to help you uh, help other people, other moms navigate. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So give us some examples from your life where you've had to embrace this concept that hard is not the same thing as bad um, yourself. Now, I I feel like you have some very recent circumstances you could share, but share whichever you would like to share. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, I will start a little bit farther back from the last week of my life. I'll get to the last week of my life, but it's been a doozy. Um, My husband travels a lot. Um, and so he hasn't traveled as much in the last, probably since COVID, he hasn't traveled as much, but he has always throughout before we had kids and we had kids within the literally a week before our first wedding anniversary. So in our first year, so pretty much my, our entire marriage, we've had kids, but he has traveled a week at a time, three days at a time, sometimes two weeks at a time up to probably 15 times a year or something like that. And, um, it's a lot of time away from the kids, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of time to solo, to solo parent. And I learned pretty early on that I had a choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could either say this hard is too much and unfair and I shouldn't have to, and I don't get a break and all those things. Or I could try to make those times when he was gone, something special mm-hmm. for me and the kids and adjust my expectations and um, give myself grace, not in a permissive way, but in right. a, there isn't anyone here to take over, you know, or that's, that's not what happens. So there isn't anyone here to, to share the load. Right. Six or five or six or whatever, whenever he would get off work. Right. So you kind of have to pace yourself. Right. You're going to have to pace yourself. You're going to have to have reasonable expectations. You're going to have to do things you know, zone defense, big, big, big time. And so, um, thankfully the Lord was gracious to shift my perspective pretty early on. So I would do some things like every Tuesday night that Sean was gone as much as we were able was Chick-fil-A night. We didn't eat out very much at all. We were really Mm -hmm. with our eating out, but as if my husband cared, if I took the kids to one Chick-fil-A meal while he was gone. Right. (laughs) Right. So we would budget for that and we would go to Chick-fil-A and um, I would have all these little kids with me. I mean, depending on the year and the time, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you know, and everybody right. is 10 and under and mm-hmm. we're getting all these looks and all these comments. But I started noticing that it was an opportunity to have conversations with people where I did what you were talking about. I declared the goodness of being a mom. Mm-hmm. I acknowledged, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's good work. Like, I'm glad this is like the best kind of work. Like, right. And, and it gave me a lot of practice to speak that way in front of and about my children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we would do less school when he was gone, less technical subjects and more read alouds all together, all in one mm-hmm. spot with mm-hmm. blankets, uh, you know, and, and so the kids missed daddy, but <clears throat> they, got something special. You know, I would try to try to find things to do that made it a less arduous or, or long seeming week. And so it was harder. I I almost hesitate to say hard, but because I tend to downplay hard, that's my personality, Mm -hmm. but it was hard to not have my husband there and have lots of work. And there I describe a moment in Emma's for mama when I had five children, six and under, and I'm sitting on the floor holding two babies with all three of the rest of them literally on top of me in some way, shape or form. And my floors were so dirty and they're just, you know, it was just kind of too much at one time for one person. Right. To keep right. Sure. And so it was just a season of, um, I don't know if you know who Crystal Payne is, Money Saving Mom. Yes. She talks about how her season in life right now is so different than it used to be when she mm-hmm. quote unquote only had three kids. She said I was very organized. I prided myself on my cleanliness and my tidiness and getting things done in a timely manner. And I was very efficient and my life is so much less organized, tidy and efficient right now, but it is so full of good things. Mm -hmm. And I've learned to recognize that these supposed impediments to my productivity and my organization are really the things that I'm supposed to be focused on. And I was Mm -hmm. like, that is such an eternal mindset and so good. Not that we just quote, let ourselves go or let the house go. Sure. Sure. Recognize that we, we are finite human beings 
and we do the things that we must do and we do them as well as we can with the resources and the energy. But I remember being on the phone with Sean and just kind of being like, I need, I need some help. Like this is, this is a struggle. And, and, um, he ended up finding a neighbor lady to help out with some laundry and and some things, which was so kind of him to do and and ended up helping my load a lot. So Mm. I don't want to paint this picture, but I guess my point in saying that is like, yeah, there were really hard moments while he was gone where I just, man, I am drowning here. But in general, I wanted the trajectory to be, let's find systems and rhythms that work during these Mm -hmm. weeks instead Mm -hmm. of just say, these are the weeks when I am off duty. Like, sorry, it's too much. I quit kind of thing. Right. Because I saw that if I ever tended toward that, things tended to get pretty chaotic and nobody was happy. Yeah. It's kind of a, we're just getting through kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. So we did more than get through, but we also pulled back from everything that we were capable of when daddy was around. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's, it's, it, it's wise. You know, the, the, the scripture says that a wise person looks ahead, a fool keeps going and suffers for it. Right. Like oh, yeah. if, you know, if you know, okay, there's not going to be anybody else there to carry the load. So there has to be a shift in priorities and a shift in where the, in where you're stewarding your energy, like how you're stewarding your energy, where are you putting it? Because you, you know, the, the floors do have to come secondary to tending to the children, you know, um, at a certain point. And, and that's not a failure. Um, that's just part of being human, (laughs) you know? And I think that's one thing that we tend to, um, especially in our culture, we kind of vacillate between two extremes, this this whole victim martyrdom thing. And then this other super mom thing where, you know, where we think we have to do all be all, and it, it, we almost become our own God after a while. And, mm-hmm. and it's these moms trying to do everything and be everything. And all they do is crash and burn. And, and, and the, the focus isn't where it needs to be. And in recognizing that we are human and we have human limitations, because I tend to be a person who pushes myself past yeah. where I should, um, I have had to and, and now that I'm 55, my body goes, nah, not doing that. So <laughs> I've had to deal with that because that has felt very strange and frustrating, but it's also helped me. It's been humbling because when we say, you know what, Lord, this is my, these are my human limitations. When we recognize those and we honor that, that we are the created being, not the creator, um, that is honoring to God. And that requires humility. And that says in so many uh, ways that he is God and we are not. And so we can stop and we can rest in that and and just be okay with some of those things not being done for now. Right. And God's grace is sufficient for us because his strength is made perfect in weakness. That Mm -hmm. is a paradox that is found nowhere but in scripture. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. nowhere else that we hear there is a divine loving being who created you and his strength is perfected in your weakness because right. he gets to show up and show out when we realize how desperately we need him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's still so true. Yeah. Okay. So this whole concept of hard is not the same thing as bad. It, it really is, I believe, a, an essential concept for mothers and and for society in general. I mean, there's just, <laughs> boy, we could talk about so many things right now, but um, so Tell us, share with us why you believe this is such an essential concept. Well, it's probably, like you say, we could go down a just cultural context conversation Mm -hmm. that could get off into the weeds really easily. And they would be good weeds, though. (laughs) They would be worth talking about. But I really feel like we, um, the Bible says, without knowledge, a people perish. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we are seeing a lot of people perishing for lack of knowledge of God. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have knowledge of God, you understand his ways because he gives you divine ears and eyes to see. Not that you're divine, but he gives you the divine wisdom from him graciously to right. understand what his ways accomplish. And so his ways make sense to you and they don't to the world mm-hmm. because Sacrificing a second income to stay home with your children doesn't make any sense to the world. Doing that kind of, and I speak from personal experience because that's what we're doing, but also from my mom having done this and growing up, in my case, without 
a lot of economic means at all, which is a code for poor. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet my mom recognized that that was what the Lord was asking her to do and mm-hmm. that his ways were good. And mm-hmm. she had that knowledge and she applied it by the Holy spirit and she dug deep into ways to budget and to, um, get school books secondhand and to find discounts for our sports that we played mm-hmm. and to save for six months for one birthday gift. You know, she just, um, she did things in a way that the world would view as unnecessarily hard because she has her master's and could have gone and worked mm-hmm. at a college and made way more money than my dad was making at that time without a degree. Mm-hmm. And yet she felt called to do things the way that the Lord had asked her to do them. Mm-hmm. And I think if we had more knowledge of God's truth and if we mm-hmm. had more knowledge of what you're talking about, which is the eternal impact that has on us and our children mm-hmm. and our grandchildren and great grandchildren, legacy that it leaves, <laughs> yes. then <clears throat> there would be more willingness to embrace the things that seemingly don't make a lot of sense to do because it would just be easier not to do them. Right. And yet we see over and over again, what, the wide road is leading to. And the Bible Mm -hmm. tells us very clearly that it leads to destruction Mm -hmm. and narrow is the path that leads to life and few will find it. So we shouldn't be surprised that our society is hurtling towards Mm self-destruction because the Bible has told us there won't be many who choose the hard road. But when you think about a narrow path, you think about almost like a balance beam. It's hard to stay on. It's easy to fall off to the sides Mm -hmm. and get our eyes off of Kind of, I love the example. Um, I was talking to Jenny um, from Thousand Hours Outside, and she said, mm-hmm. I love that God talks about his word as being a lamp. It's not a floodlight, it's not mm-hmm. a spotlight. <laughs> you get the whole picture. Mm-hmm. There is some great trust required to only have the next several steps. And especially when those next several steps look really rocky and pitted and murky and dark, like you don't want to go there. And yet we have God's word and God's spirit promising us, if you will trust my wisdom, which is not man's wisdom, mm-hmm. it will be for your ultimate good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you say, why do I think it is such an important message? Because I think it actually does help women very practically in the now. Mm-hmm. And it yes. also helps them in eternity. Mm-hmm. And not, right. just women, not just women, but that's who I mostly speak to. Right. Of course. Oh yeah. You're absolutely right. Absolutely spot on. So um, I'm sure some Moms are listening and they're like, okay, what if I decide to read this book, take the time to read this book, um, which by the way, I would highly recommend it. Um, what can the readers expect? So I am, I have an advanced reader launch team on Facebook mm-hmm. that I'm chatting with. that are just people that followed my blog for long enough that they, they want to sign up to get the book early. They want to talk about the book and they've been leaving reviews. I should pull one up. I don't know if I can pull one up fast enough. So I'll just try to paraphrase. Um, they've been leaving reviews inside the, the Facebook page and mm-hmm. someone said, this book is a combination of entertaining and encouraging, which is my favorite. So yes. I want people to expect that they're not going to get browbeaten. I think you would agree right. with that. I, yes. You tell some great stories, very relatable stories and yeah. Yeah, it's definitely relatable. And it's not, you walk away feeling like this, it just, this makes sense. Like this whole, this whole, the title of the book, like you're explaining what that means throughout the book in all these different scenarios and, um, and and tons of scripture. I really appreciated that as well. So grounded in scripture and that's something that, which I think is the only way to go. Absolutely. If you've read Emma's for mama, or even if you haven't, there is a section at the end of each chapter where I ask you questions I give you action steps. I give you Mm -hmm. verses to memorize and I give you a prayer. And then bonus in heart is not the same thing as bad because I've had so many women say, where is the D is for daddy book? Where is the the male (laughs) counterpart to this book? This has changed my mothering for the better. All the scripture in here has encouraged me. I'm reading my Bible for the first time. I'm mothering my children differently. And that just blesses my heart Mm -hmm. so much to hear because that is the goal. The goal is not to affirm where we are because we don't want to stay where we are. We want to grow. Right, the right. goal is to say onward and upward sisters, because Christ is leading the charge and we have to follow him if we are who we say we are. And so my husband actually wrote something called dad thoughts at the end of each chapter. It's, um, it's a lot fewer words than what I contributed because it's, yeah, it's yeah. 
but okay, it's and, not, he, and he's a guy, you know, and I, I, I love that. I actually yes. look forward to that section yes. at the end of each chapter. <laughs> it's very succinct. It's about mm-hmm. three to 500 words at the end of each chapter where he gives his dad's take on the topic of the chapter. And there's one for each one. And we did that for the dads. We did that for the moms. We did that for anybody because I hear that whole families listen to him. It's from, mm-hmm. I hear that whole mm-hmm. families listen to my podcast and that I have a very direct way of speaking, but it's also very conversational, meaning mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you how it is, but I'm not condemning you. We're, we're just having it like, let's tell it, let's tell it like it is, you know, let's right. tell the truth. And so in love, speak the truth in love. And so I think a lot of men relate to that directness because that's more their personality, but it's even better when it's coming from an actual man. So Absolutely. you're going to get that. And also, um, you're going to get that when he reads the audiobook as well, which we had to fight tooth and nail to get him to be able to read part of the audiobook. Because <laughs> of course he should, but he will be reading the audiobook. So I, um, you're going to get a ton of scripture. You're going to get a ton of practical application. I have like sidebars in there that are like, mm-hmm. oh, you would like to know how to talk to a toddler that's angry all the time? Here's some examples. Here's some steps. Here's some things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right smack dab in the middle, because there are 15 chapters in chapters seven and eight are about my relationship with my dad, which you might be like, what does that have to do with motherhood if this is a motherhood book? Well, our relationships with our parents very strongly affect the way we parent our our children. Mm -hmm. And it's about my journey from bitterness and resentment toward my father who struggles with bipolarism to a place of forgiveness that was graciously granted by God and how that process has looked and what that means for me as a parent, what forgiveness means for us as mothers. And that is the most personal set of chapters I have ever written. Mm. And I've already gotten a lot of feedback from my, from the launch team that, that they are feeling like this is kind of speaking to those hard relationships in their lives and giving them some food for thought and strategies and some conviction. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the two, the two words that I've heard to use described, uh, described, used to describe, sorry, Emma's for mama are encouraging and convicting, convicting, encouraging, encouragement and conviction over and over Mm -hmm. again. And, and honestly, that would be my goal. My -hmm. goal would be to say, you are not just a failure. Even in those moments when you're sitting on the floor and five children are wrapped around you you dirty and you feel like you can't, you can't do it all. Not being able to do it all is a wake up call to the fact that Jesus is the one supposed to be doing it through you anyway. Mm -hmm. But also I don't want to just affirm you and say, I said this the other day, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I'm like, I really don't, I'm really uncomfortable with social media posts that say, Hey mama, you're doing a good job. Right. Me too. Because maybe they're doing a crappy job. Right. We have no <laughs> idea where they are right? in their motherhood. And, and if me crazy. In their sin is not something Jesus ever did. We hear this constant narrative about uh-huh. Jesus as a nice guy, right? Right. He would never judge someone. He would never call someone out. Unless, of course, they deserved it like the Pharisees, but that's fine. We can, you know, like we get right, that. Right, right, right. But we look at what he said to the woman caught in adultery. And she, he says, look around. Where are those who condemn you? And she said, there are nowhere, Lord. He said, neither do I condemn you. And everybody wants to end the sentence there, right? But instead he says, go and sin no more. If that's not encouragement and conviction together, right. I don't know right. what it is. I, I feel like that's the whole Bible, encouragement and conviction. Yes. yes. So that's <laughs> so it's a great combination. <laughs> and I will say this as well. You said, what do you, what do you expect? If you haven't read Animus for Mama, I suggest you do simply because it's going to orient you to the way that I write. It's going to orient you to the way that I read scripture, the paradigm that I'm approaching motherhood mm-hmm. from. It's going to give you access to all these topics that I got questions about, I still get questions about because I do a weekly Q&A called What Do You Want to Know Wednesday? And I wrote that book in re- response to what about mom guilt? What about self-care in the world right. telling me that I, if I don't have any time, I can't mother well? What about escapism? What about sex ed? What about, I mean, like very, very practical things. So that will set you up. And then heart is not the same thing as bad as like the next step. But again, mm-hmm. it's been the heartbeat of how I viewed motherhood in my ministry for the last eight years since that walk with Lindsay. Um, at least as far as the articulated phrase. And so um, my mentor, <clears throat> sorry, I have a croaky throat. My mentor and one of my best friends that's like the de facto editor of my books because um, my publisher tried to give me an editor and I was like, nope, nope, I have this lady. We work well together. Can we just do this? And they said, yeah, if you have a system that works well, great, go for it. She has said to me, um, I love Demons for Mama. Don't get me wrong. I really love Demons for Mama and I thought it was a fantastic book and it needed to be written first, but I like Hard's not the same thing as bad, even better because mm-hmm. this is who you are. Like mm-hmm. 
this is really what the message that the Lord has for you to give mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, um, I didn't really think about it that way. Like I didn't, I, right, I, didn't right. I wasn't like, Oh, this is a huge shift. But hearing that come from someone that knows me well and is observing me and is, is a very straight truth speaker, but also an encourager, I thought was a good insight for people to have. Yeah, that's really important because, you know, even in this, in this writing thing that we do, there's a process, you know, like God takes us through a process, even in, in the writing and all of that. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's, it's so wonderful to be a writer. It is, but it's also hard work. It's It's really hard work because yeah, those words are out there forever. So, you know, you can't take them back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You want to get them right. So yeah, there's really, and there's a, there's a, a certain amount of burden responsibility that comes with it, especially when you're trying to communicate biblical truth, you want to make sure that it's accurate, you know, like you're not misinterpreting something. There's verses all the time that I think a lot of Christians, they they take out of context, uh, just in general misinterpret. And so (laughs) I, I recognize that I, as, as much as I'd like to not think that I do that, I'm sure that there are still verses that I'm not reading right. So, right. um, so I love that we have some accountability to people who are going to, you know, like read through, edit, um, yes. that kind of thing. And, yes. and we of course prayed, point. prayed, 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 Lord, just <laughs> help us. All right. So this, uh, this podcast episode is going to be published on the, uh, coming, it's coming out on the eighth. So can you tell moms when the book was released? Cause it's very recent. Yeah. It comes out on the fifth. Yeah. So right okay. this. Okay. So, um, so moms, the book is out there. I wanted to make sure that when I published this episode, that it, it was available for you to go and get. Oh, so we will put this in the show notes. We'll put a link there, or you can really just go anywhere and find it. Like yeah, go to it Amazon. actually is sold pretty much anywhere books are sold, which is awesome. Okay. Yeah. So wherever you like to buy books, uh, go there and pick up at least one copy of this, maybe a, a copy for a friend. Um, and so I guess like you said, anywhere. They can pretty much go anywhere to yep, pick it up. Yep. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, Abby, would you mind closing in a word of prayer? And thanks again for being with us today. Absolutely. I'd love to. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to chat with a sister in Christ about your goodness and that you are sufficient when we are so not. Mm. And um, thank you that your word stands, that it is um, that it is profitable that it is everything we need for life and godliness, that your spirit is there to help us understand it, that it is not kind of just words on a page at all, Mm -hmm. but instead Mm -hmm. it is your truth revealed. And thank you that your truth is what guides us. Lord, thank you that your kindness leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. Your kindness does not lead us to self-affirmation. It doesn't lead us to escapism. It doesn't lead us to making excuses. It leads us to repentance. And we thank you that you are kind enough to discipline us. We thank you that you were kind enough to have our houses flood <laughs> a week before book launch and, and to bring along things that, that force us to rely on you and not get impressed with ourselves in any possible way. And also not despair because you are not a God of despair. You are a God of hope. We thank you for your goodness and we give you glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Amen.